Welcome back to the Quack Report, season two, episode number 10. As always, I am your host, Carter, with Nate Thomas. Uh, we're here to talk Ducks hockey. We're just a few days away. What is it, four days, Nate? Yeah, four days. Cam Fowler, days away. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you're, you're good at remembering the numbers like on the spot. Oh, no, the only reason I remembered that right off the spot was because I just had a notification because I have it all set for like the next, I guess like starting yesterday, but like the five days leading up. So I have a player of each jersey number like this many days away. So anyway, there was just a response though on our Cam Fowler days away. So that's the only reason I knew it like that. Gotcha. That makes sense then. <laughs> so. I'm not, I'll, I'll be brutally honest with everybody here. <laughs> That, yeah, that's good. That's uh, honesty is key. So honesty is key. Yeah, how's your week been or your weekend? I guess. Oh, it's been good. So just uh, like I said, getting ready for school and whatnot, and uh, yeah, just been kind of hanging out. Otherwise, how about nice. you? Pretty much the same. Yeah, um, we. Uh, well, my girlfriend and I, we just picked up a Nintendo Switch uh, yesterday. So oh, we, nice. Uh, we were setting that up yesterday and, and playing that. It's it's like an early anniversary present for, for each other. So instead of getting each other presents, we just went in on a Switch. So There you go. Hey, remind me again when your anniversary it is. I feel like it's uh, that, around my birthday what, or something yeah, like what, that. Yeah, what day is your birthday? Because uh, my birthday I'm pretty is sure January it's January 21st. I'm pretty sure it's the same day then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm a, a piece of shit friend. So. <laughs> I've got to bug you about that every now and then. It's just funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good time. That's, uh, but I think that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> is, it a, is it a story for? Uh, well, it'll maybe be the next, not the coming Wednesday, but the next Wednesday episode because because that, that is that is your that birthday. Day. Yeah, yeah. the episode comes out your birthday. We're recording the day yeah, before. There you so. go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave some of the finer out. details uh, out of it, <laughs> especially with the party. But we'll we can tell some stories. <laughs> well, that'll be like the, that'll be called the party episode. I think. Yeah, and we'll, so, we'll be like a, a week into Ducks hockey too. So it'll be good. All about We the will be in party mode. <laughs> oh, yes, 100%. So, um, yeah, any, anything else you want to talk about before we get into it? Uh, nothing crazy. We got, our, uh, we got our buddy here really quickly, Chris Hertz, chiming in with the quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack to you too, Chris. Quack, 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 quack. quack. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if we were on time there. I think there's a bit of a lag, but that's okay. I think it's close. <laughs> I think I it's know. close enough. To me, it was like back and forth. So if it was close for you, it's, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was close for me. So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> okay, there is one thing I want to bring up real quick just before we get uh, we get going here. So we, we've talked on here about you know being clean and, and keeping your kitchen clean and, and your sink drains clean and all that stuff. Oh no, what do we got this so, time? <laughs> uh, so this one we're we're going to uh, something that. Maybe you don't always think is really dirty, but is actually fucking disgusting. Um, <laughs> mostly because you, you know you take it into the bathroom most times with you, and and that is that is the cellular phone. So I I dropped my phone the other day um, uh, in the bathroom. Obviously, <laughs> I thought you were going to uh, tell me you dropped it in the toilet, and I'm no, like, no, no. I think it's still working. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so yeah, I was like just going to the bathroom and I just went to like toss it on the like the counter and it just fell out of my hand, fell on the floor and then the case just cracked. So just like oh. down the side, I was like, I, I should probably get another one. So I did. And it looks really nice. It looks nice and new. Look oh, at how clear nice, that, nice that otter box is. Nice and I just got the it. same one, the same case that I, I had and I've, I have had for the, the last. Wait, you didn't go buy a new one, did you? Yeah. Dude, they do free replacement. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. 
I I looked on their website and there's nothing about Dude, free I straight up <laughs> cheated the system and I got a completely different OtterBox case by using really? their warranty. Yeah. I fucked it, up. <laughs> five bucks in shipping. Yeah, you you messed up, man. Just letting you know. Oh well. Well, thanks. Thanks for making me feel like an idiot. But I still have go my old that one now. Yeah. If you saw if you saw the old one, go return go return the uh the new one now. I could, yeah. I will. But now now for comparison's sake. So nice and clear, right? Nice yeah. clear rubber on the edge. Same case, year and a half old. Look at that yellow. Yeah, I had the same I had the same case, like the clear one as well. Because like yeah. with the new iPhones, you like to show off that. the color, right? Oh yeah, look at this green. Um, so like I mean like I like the black on this, but mine's mine's that nice red. Yeah. So I had the clear case on mine too, but especially working out of the lumber yard, that thing got dirty in my pocket. So yeah. and like even just like the wear from like jeans, like the dye getting mm. onto the onto the case. Yeah, those ones get dirty pretty quickly. Yeah, so Lysol wipe your phones or, or whatever, or, or even just straight up replace your case every once in a while. It's uh, <laughs> it gets pretty grungy. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's. I just wanted to bring that up just uh, just in case because I, <laughs> I I was super grossed out when when I saw that. <laughs> there you go. It's good uh, uh, public service announcement. PSA. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hockey stuff. Hockey stuff. I know that's actually on the kick drum. Like I, I wrote it obviously, but it, yeah. it's I can't show you my feet doing a double kick, so I'll do the I'll do the roll on it. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a uh, little bit of, of Ducks news coming out of training camp, um, but nothing too wild uh, as of yet. Um, really, it's just the first round of players that have been placed on on waivers uh, coming out of Ducks camp. Um, so the list is eight players long. And it is as follows. So Anthony Stellars, Andy Walinski, Christian Juice, Andrew uh, Podorowski, Chase DeLeo, Vinny Lariera, Sam Carrick, Andrew Egazino, and David Backes. Uh, not really a lot, a ton of surprises there, I, I don't think. Uh, are you surprised by any of these players? Not overly. Um the one that I was a little surprised with, actually, just because I know we had some pretty good praise for him right out the gate there once we had uh, uh, acquired him was uh, Christian Juice and I I did like what uh, Elite uh, sorry uh, Carrick brought last year a little bit I would have liked to see him maybe get a bit of a better chance but mm-hmm. you know a lot of these guys will probably be the um, uh, what are we calling it taxi squad thank you <laughs> yeah so like, they're still going to be around and that sort of thing they'll mm-hmm. definitely get another shot oh for but, sure for sure um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we haven't really seen a lot from camp either. So it's really hard to say like who has been shining and who hasn't been. But uh, I think generally it would be safe to say, you know, that these players were the most underwhelming, at least to coach Eakins of the bunch. Yeah. So, um, and not to say that they're bad players, it's just that they, they weren't as good as some of the other ones and their, their shot is just going to come later in the season potentially. Yep. So. Um, I was a little surprised about David Backus too. Not going to lie, because I, I know they really want him around for that veteran presence in the dressing room. But um, I guess he's like, still technically with the taxi squad going to be around and be I able guess. to be a presence. But it's not. Yeah, it's not going to be quite the same. Um, yeah. Keep him around I mean, I for the presence, but don't bother icing him. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really want to look at it, like the Bruins traded to us for a cap dump, right? And in return, we got a first round pick out of it, um, which I mean. That, that that's almost trade enough, right? It's okay yeah. if it gets sent down or whatnot. Like we know it's going to be a cap hit anyway. Screw it. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was yeah. it was I'm a Bruins cap dump. It's it. not like we wanted David back. As it was, it was we we wanted the asset that came with it. So yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you brought up about Christian Juice already. Um, how he was put on waivers. So, um, for those that don't know, if you get put on waivers, basically every other team gets a chance to claim that uh, that player because by putting them on waivers, you're essentially are saying, oh, we don't want this player. So then there's like a, a list you go through. Um, and yeah, like you said, they're 24 hours to, to claim them. And unfortunately, Christian Juice was uh, claimed by the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so we uh, we no longer have Juice on our team, which is really upsetting because I, I really liked what we saw from him. Um, it would have been nice to have him on the taxi squad, but unfortunately, can't keep them all. So Yeah, I would have liked him on the taxi squad. And uh, I do remember us saying we really liked him on the power play on that second unit there, mm-hmm. just yeah. with breakouts and entering the zone. Um, not to say that he couldn't do the rest of the power play, honestly, like obviously, but, um, but just like, those were the things that stuck out to mind right away. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing that we lost a guy who I think had some potential with us. You kind of get caught in a system like Washington where, you know, it's a lot of good players coming in that sort of thing. And, uh, even free agents wanting to come into a winning culture and whatnot. So, um, it's, it's, it's hard to get traction. Yeah, but yeah, I think Juice would have uh, done well with us. I think enough, um, but yeah, unfortunately, just maybe not a, enough of a spot there, and got uh, claimed by Detroit, who was last place in the league last year. So they technically get first dibs if they want them. So because yeah. with how waivers work, it's the uh, the lowest team in the standings will be the team to get him. So it could say yeah. let's let's say it was Detroit. Uh, I don't know, Ottawa and Calgary. I'm just picking out Pick names here. Yeah. Um, it still would have went to Detroit because they were the lowest. So, yeah. Um, but w- once you claim someone on waivers, do you go to the bottom of, of like the list then? It just starts that way, or is it always whoever's lowest in the standings? Uh, that I don't remember off the top okay. of my head. Because I know in fantasy hockey, like we, you have a waiver list, and if you're, yeah. So if you put in a claim for a player, then uh, say you're like three and the other person that claims is six, then if you're three, you go down to 10 and then you, you kind of work your way back up after that. But Yeah, I'm not, I don't remember right offhand. Okay, so. yeah, fair enough. It's, I can get back yeah. to you on that if you'd like. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe next episode. I was, I was just curious if you knew because I'm, I'm not sure either. So yeah. Um, and yeah, Christian Juice is a, a left D-man as well. So he probably would have slotted in the third spot on us. I'm kind of curious as to why. Actually, no, I'm not curious as to why the uh, the Wings <laughs> wanted him. But so I was like, they have like five left defensemen now, but then their left defensemen are Mark Stahl, Danny DeKaiser, Patrick Nemeth, uh, Christian Juice now, and John Merrill. So they got depth on the right side, surprisingly, but not on the left. So Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find this comment. Our our Twitter's been going off over the last few days because we put out our uh, uh, our standings rankings. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to filter through all of these here. Um, yeah, that's fair. And it doesn't help going into the mentions because I think we're tagged in a lot of them. Um, yeah. God, where's it? But somebody had a somebody had a good point here that you know maybe this makes a little room actually now and a bit of a better opportunity for Jamie Drysdale. That's true too. Something to kind of think about. Yeah, it is a. It, it would be helpful for our cap hit as well because, like, it's not a big amount, but Juice did carry a one million dollar cap hit, which 
in in the flat cap world is a pretty significant hit. So you're, you're right; it does leave room for that. And it, I, I think Drysdale's signed to the max nine twenty five k, right? Um, uh, yes. So the, the, yeah, that would leave room for him for sure. Um, there, I don't think there's a whole lot of free agents that we would bother signing. So yeah, no, it's a it's a possibility, anyways. I can't find it offhand, but if you give me a second, I will find it. Yeah, out no, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to fill me. time here. So, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if Drysdale's a left or a right D. I can never remember. Um, Drysdale, Drysdale, Drysdale. Uh, oh, defense. Oh, he is a right D. So different side. Um, so I don't know if like it, it makes room cap wise for Drysdale, but not necessarily roster wise. Yeah. So. Okay, here it was. Uh, so it was from user thirty four London L. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, the blue notes podcast, actually the St. Louis guys who, uh, cause we were talking about juice, I think earlier. And then there was the tweet from, uh, Elliot Friedman that, uh, juice and seven others were placed on waivers. And, uh, so blue notes guys just having fun with us. Oh, the juice is on the loose. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, then they tagged us in the one that said Detroit had claimed him and said, uh, juice is not just loose. He's gone. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so but uh, but yeah, so then uh, yeah, thirty four London L had uh, chimed in there with like clear the decks, Drysdale coming through, and I'm like I didn't think of that actually, like kind of being a way to work it. So yeah, I mean, like there's nothing wrong with playing guy like defenseman on their offside. Like it's mm-hmm. it happens all the time. It's not like left and right wings where the positions are like drastically different. Um, I'd say it's quite common actually. So I think. Uh, yeah, I, I could maybe see him slotting in there, or, or at least early on until they maybe find a, a more suitable replacement. But I think for mm-hmm. his his seven games um, that he's he's going to get, I think that that's probably what's going to happen. Is he's just going to fill that um, probably that third pairing um, left defenseman spot? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't hate it. Like guys playing on their offhand. I know the whole thing is you know have the so say for myself, I'm left-handed, so I'd be a left-handed D because that puts my stick at the boards mm-hmm. i don't mind doing the other way though either um like anytime i anytime like i go play shinny or that sort of thing when we're able to um i normally center or right wing i guess because i like my stick in the middle um just to have a better vantage point and that sort of thing so as a defenseman right you have your stick in the middle of uh uh in the middle of the slot i guess or however yeah. you want to it's, it. it's easier for taking shots oh, so as an, off, as an offensive defenseman it makes a little bit more sense but as yeah. like but if you're more of a defensive guy you want to keep that puck more to the outside right yeah because uh, you'd be in your own zone so you wouldn't if you were standing to the left of the net as a left d and you're right-handed the puck's in front of the net but if you're yeah if you're left-handed then it's against the boards and theoretically a little bit more safe so yeah well, when you talk about offensive defensemen as well that's exactly what uh you know, Nashville and Montreal have done with uh, Shea Weber, right? So yeah, exactly. Everything is coming to his stick side. So yeah, and not to compare Drysdale to Weber, but the, yeah, they are both offensive a, defensemen. A, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, we missed Juice, but it does open up the the door for someone else, at least to be on that taxi squad, since you know Juice was in the process of being sent down already. So yeah. yeah. Um, next, uh, some news that just came out that that you got um, just before we started recording here. So. Uh, we don't even have a banner for it. Oh, we do. Look at you, guys. I made one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> nice. on it today. You are. That's good. Um, <laughs> so the Ducks signed uh, defenseman Ben Hutton to a PTO, professional tryout. 
and I got him up here. He is a 27-year-old, uh, spent last season with the LA Kings playing 65 games and the last four seasons before that uh, with the Canucks playing between uh, 60 and 75 games. So uh, so pretty much a staple in, in the NHL for the last few years. Um, pro- like in a bottom-pairing role, he hasn't been anything too big. Probably a penalty killer as well. Um, not he's 15 goals in his NHL career, 71 assists in, um, yeah, 341 games and 125 penalty minutes. So it's, uh, uh obviously a minus with, a uh, playing with Vancouver before they were kind of good and somehow a plus on the Kings last year, which is always nice to see. I guess. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> What's your Dowdy's plus minus look like then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so I mean I don't think it's a bad pick. Like it's it's a professional tryout. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If yeah, exactly. It does, it's just it's the body. So. Yeah. If it does, he he probably plays on the taxi squad or fills a bottom pairing role for most of the season. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, once the contract comes out, then we can be a little bit more judgmental. But as of right now, it's it's just another body. Yeah, and that's so. if a contract comes out, even so. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then last a uh, little bit we got for hockey talk here. Um, just kind of in the NHL in general, there's been some reports on positive COVID tests and uh, potential exposures. So the Dallas Stars had, uh, I believe, six positive COVID tests. I didn't write down the number, but uh, eight, eight, it was six, six players six and players two staff. And, uh, That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So they are uh, under quarantine there. The Pens canceled practice uh, the other day, just out of precaution for potential exposure. And then just this morning, the Canucks canceled a practice because of potential exposure. So, uh, it, pretty much a, a team in all the divisions are three of the. Are the Pens and Stars in the same division? No, they aren't. No. So, yeah, stars three. Are the, yeah, stars are in the central, and the Pens would be in that east. Right. Yeah. Division, so. so, three of the four divisions uh, already have a team locked down. The Stars' uh, schedule is going to have to get moved because they have to spend their, their 14 days or whatever the, the NHL rule is. Uh, yeah, the other sorry. ones are just precautionary, so no schedule changes yet. But, um, but yeah, our division is yeah. still good though. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think Dallas got their games got pushed. I believe to the was it the nineteenth, the seventeenth? They got pushed a few days down the line at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, nothing to come out of uh, Pittsburgh or Vancouver just yet. Uh, being Canadian, though, obviously we get a lot of the Canadian news and more regarding the Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be. F- fun i don't think in regards to the bc government they it took were, a lot for them to to commit yeah to this. yeah they were very hesitant going into this even with the bubble um they were one of the front runners and then eventually decided that it didn't feel safe to them mm-hmm. um and yeah the bc government was one that was really holding things back for quite a while as well on if we could even do a canadian division or if all the uh, all the canadian teams were going to be coming to play down uh, in the states, as uh, you know, see even just the one team, the Toronto Raptors did in the NBA. They're playing down in Florida, so yeah, yeah they. Uh, this is definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as Canadians, at least. Yeah. Um, but even as a league as a whole, because this could, there's potential to kind of screw some things up here, just with the mm-hmm. potential exposure. It, even it, so. it could get out of hand super, super fast. Like, luckily, all the teams are, are pretty isolated right now, just in their training camps, but. If we were a week into the season, like this would just be chaos, man. Because, um, yeah. like the stars would have visited probably two arenas before they 
they officially, well, I guess they're getting tested every day. So probably yeah. only one arena, but potentially two, depending on when it happens. Mm-hmm. So it, it could cause some issues uh, that way and, and kind of have a ripple effect to other teams. So yeah. it, it's, I think that the NHL is well prepared for it in that, you know, there's not, it's not like you're flying from one city to the next, uh, like day after day. It, it's you're going somewhere and you're staying there for a couple, like yeah. probably five days and then coming back. It's, um, so I think that'll help, and especially with the the daily testing. So hopefully it, it doesn't get too out of hand, but it uh, definitely doesn't instill confidence in me for the start of the season, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's. I mean, every league has had positives, unfortunately. Like mm-hmm. unless you go back into that bubble situation that we had in the summer, you're we're going to be having this. This is going to be yeah. a common thing, and um, I just hope there's enough room in the schedule really to say have the makeup games or that mm-hmm. so because that's the plan for the dallas games is that they're going to be made up but it's when now so yeah exactly because it's already packed so tightly so yeah. i could see a, a i could almost see a little bit of a delay of the the playoffs a, 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 in comparison to their original plan and, and they kind of hinted at that too that it's like yeah. this is tentative and it it depends so i could see them just doing all those makeup games in the, like the last week the NHL is going to do as much as they can, though, to not have to push it so much because yeah. you do still also have the rescheduled uh, with Summer Olympics. Yeah. And they're pressing right up against that window as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the Stanley Cup final being played at the same time as the Summer Olympics, you are not getting that same TV airing. Nope, so. not at all. Um, so, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, it's going to be pretty intense for sure. But um, I think that's enough on that. Hopefully... You know, the Ducks and the rest of the division and the rest of the league manages to to stay safe. But as of right now, that's where we're standing. So, all right. Um, I don't have anything else to add hockey-wise here. So let's uh, let's get into a new edition of Quack Report Unplucked because it has been a while. So with the, the kind of lack of hockey news uh, this week, we thought we'd insert a Quack Report Unplucked once again, um, especially because we, we probably won't get a lot of it in uh, throughout the regular season here. So I uh, figured we can get it in while we can. Uh, and this week, uh, we're, we're shaking things up from TV and The Mandalorian. We are talking My Chemical Romance and their top albums. And I mean, I they only have... My, I forgot my eyeliner today. Shit. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Didn't dye my hair again. God damn it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta dig up some of those pictures of uh, of your blue hair from back. Oh, in I could the day. pull or them the, up, or the red, or the blonde. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I was very much and still am like the definitive, I guess, like pop punk kid and like mm-hmm. emo and that sort of thing. Yeah. Not to like roar extent, but <laughs> yeah. more definitely more like uh, like Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two type style and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's definitely still some of that there today. But it's oh, not completely gone. So. Yeah, you're you're just more like a like a hipster emo kid now. <laughs> a little bit. I'm a, a grown up emo. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in, in the past, we've done like top five songs each, and just kind of talked about it that way and stuff. But I thought we could. Oh, excuse me. Um, I thought we could get a, a little bit more into it uh, and maybe have some more discussion and a. Uh, a little bit of a debate, maybe a little bit of heat coming off of uh, one of us here. And we're just going to collectively order uh, the My Chemical Romance albums. So uh, yeah. we'll go five to one. And uh, 
and and yeah, we we were talking about it briefly beforehand, and we do have differing opinions. So it's <laughs> there's it going to be a debate, that's for sure. Um, let's start with number five. Though. All right, I think number five was unanimous. Um, mm-hmm. We did talk about this a little bit before the show, and okay, just because it's we we may get some chirps for this if you're my Chemical Romance fans or that sort of thing. This is not to say that is the worst album. Unfortunately, something has to be number five, but I mm-hmm. still love this album for what it is. Yeah. Um, at number five, we decided we have uh, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love, uh, released in 2002 on Eyeball Records. Uh, this album included songs such as Vampires Will Never Hurt You and uh, Honey, This Mirror Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us, as well as Head First Four Halos. The... <laughs> My favorite part about the early 2000s was just the obscurely long song titles. Yeah. And then My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy were like the two big ones, but like every punk band was doing yeah. it. So like, it's just like the Honey, This Mirror Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us. Like that is just the epitome of like just obscure type. Like it has, does it even have anything to do with the song? I don't really know the lyrics. I, I yeah. think you might, but, but does it have anything to do with the song? Uh, I mean, not right offhand, but I will pull up the lyrics yeah. here. Like, like they definitely don't say it in the song, but I mean, it, it's got to have some sort of connection. I don't know. Because like the, the one that uh, comes to mind too is the Follow Boy one, our song, our, yeah. our lawyer made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> why, why would you get sued for this song? We want to know now. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh, what NHL soundtrack was that song on? 2004 or 2005 it was four or five i don't remember because that was my introduction to follow boy okay um yeah honey this mirror isn't big enough for the two of us that is not in there necessarily um yeah i don't know i'm taking a look at genius right now as well to get some uh kind of behind behind the scenes knowledge if there's anything about it um it was NHL 06. Yeah. Oh, okay. NHL 06. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was sure because I knew there was a follow-up boy song on 06, and that's where I got it from because that's the first one I owned. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was 06. Um, yeah, so I'm on Genius here, and some people will you know ask questions or that sort of thing about it. And uh, <laughs> So one question was, is this song really about sucking dick for cocaine? Uh, person <laughs> responded, I mean, sure, if you want it to be. Uh, the song is allegedly about a man in an unhealthy relationship who wants to break it off with a girl. Uh, the music video for this contains re- reenact, reenact, uh, reenacted scenes of uh, audition, which is about a woman who tortures her husband. So, mm. I mean, um, the only time Gerard mentioned Gerard Way uh, mentioned the meaning behind the song was during the infamous live show, but the lyrics seem more like an aftermath of a nasty breakup. Hmm. Okay. So, so anyways, the, a long-winded way of saying what a song yeah. title. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, back to the albums here. The Yeah, it's not like it's a bad album. It's it's just when you think about all the other ones, it's like how can you not... Like you can't put any of these other ones at number five. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of my... I don't know. Let's let, do we do you have a favorite song off of this album or like kind of maybe a top three? Won't uh, be like uh, as deep as you know other top fives that we've done, but just like is there yeah. a couple songs that really stick out to mind to you? Uh honestly, I, I don't really listen to this album a whole lot, but uh so like if I had to pick one, I, I would probably say uh Vampires Will Never Hurt You. Um 
Yeah, I, I don't think I could really come up with any other ones, but I, I still listen to it from time to time. And to me, it's just like a solid pop punk album. There's not, I don't really listen to it for a certain song. So yeah, do you um, have one? Yeah, I really like Head First for Halos. Uh, that's a a really fun song, kind of hopping. It's mm. it's kind of that. Uh, 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 what's the word? Basically, like it's a happy song, but it's uh, maybe happy lyrics kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the word off the top of my head. Uh, but another one I really like though is uh, Skylines and Turnstiles. Mm-hmm. That one's you that's know, a good a, one too. That one's a result of 9/11, which this whole band is a result of 9/11. Um, Gerard Way was on a ferry going to New York. Uh, he was working for Cartoon Network at the time, I believe, as a cartoonist, and uh, he saw the World Trade Centers get hit and fall. Um, so he said that kind of really put his life into perspective and he realized he was just kind of working for a corporation and that sort of thing and wanted to do something a bit more worthwhile. Uh, so he called up a bunch of guys that he had been in bands with over the past, which was, you know, his brother Mikey and Ray and uh, their original drummer. And um, yeah, and then they, they started a band again. So yeah. So I mean, probably one of the only good things to come out of 9-11 and like <laughs> yeah but that's, yeah. that's a pretty good way to put it <laughs> yeah I, I honestly i might even say the only good thing so yeah yeah i guess enhanced airport security is, is a good one too that's a, yeah. a good thing that could come out of it so but yeah um so yeah that's our number five and any anything else to say about that one or should we move on to our number four let's move on okay um I think we're going to have some debate here. Um, right. If you had to say a a number four, what would it be? We are including this because as a collection, this is a full album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go with, and this is hard to place here, uh, Conventional Weapons. Okay. Released over 2012 to 2013. I, I figured as much. Um I, I, I'm not doing this just to be different and to, to stir a debate, <laughs> but I, I think conventional weapons deserves to be number three. So I'm, I want to put three cheers for sweet revenge. As, wow. All right. Which is, which is also <laughs> really hard, but like it's not going to be the black parade or danger days. So it's got to be between conventional weapons and three cheers. I think. Interesting. I think, All right. okay. My rationale behind conventional weapons is that they, as, so, uh, it's man, it's just it's so hard because I'm like three cheers is so good. Um, so conventional weapons not easy to do actually. Yeah, it's it's kind of an unconventional way to release an album. You know, like it, yeah. it happens more so now, but back in in the early tens, it it wasn't super common to release it. You know, bits at a time. Um, n- now bands release like a song every couple weeks or a song a month or whatever. Like it, it's kind of a thing that happens. And then together it makes an album. Uh, but Conventional Weapons, I, to me, was the first one to really do that besides, you know, release a couple singles and then here's the rest. It was, here's two songs, here's another two, another two, another two, another two. Mm-hmm. Kind of separate, kind of make an album. Like it's, it, it was just unique in that way. And there, I don't think there's a, a bad song on that album. Like I, I consistently yeah. listen to this whole album. Not saying that there's bad songs on Three Cheers, but I think that, there's a couple that are maybe not quite up to up to par because well, I think they're still trying to figure out their sound. Mm-hmm. So that's my rationale for conventional weapons. Um, yeah, being I, higher, 
Being higher. Yeah. Okay. So what, uh, what, what do you have to say about three cheers? Three cheers. Or do you want me to talk about conventional? Because that's where I placed it. It was at number four. That's where Okay. Yeah. Talk <laughs> about that one and, and why okay. it's maybe down there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever so works. Num- number four is more down there just because of, oh man. Not to say that, like, there are some discarded songs that bands, you know, discard, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, if you listen to them after, like, a lot of fans will say, like, why wasn't this on the album or that sort of thing. But this is a collection of discarded songs, essentially. Um, but, you know, together make up a great album that just, you know, it wasn't what they were wanting to do, right? So, like, this was after the Black Parade, uh and they scrapped all these songs, restarted, wrote Danger Days. Um, so it's, yeah, and it's not, again, it's not to take away from any of these songs or anything like that, too. Um, but there's just, this This is a case where I, yeah, th- this whole list is, I don't want to put this so low, mm-hmm. but there's <laughs> things just like a little bit more. Like, it's such slim margin for error. So it's essentially take the top five in uh, in the division, and they're all one point apart. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> in, yeah, in any it's, other, it's more, it's more that it's at number four because it needed to have a spot. So yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, like I don't know. The, to kind of turn it back on you, the fact that these songs are all essentially album rejects, like not even good enough to be B sides because they they released like B sides for like their deluxe editions and stuff like that and these ones didn't even make that cut so the fact that they can put together a whole album of just like rejects and songs they didn't think were maybe as good um just kind of captures like how good of songs they may actually be and how good of songwriters and musicians they actually Mm -hmm. are so and i know that's not really the point of this but (laughs) just like the the more i get into the story behind this album the more I, i think i i enjoy it um yeah that's fair and the also it's Kind of like an unofficial best of. It's like a little bit. Uh, that's that's a really bad way of putting it, but it kind of there's you can hear the different influences and the, the different album styles and eras. Mm-hmm. Like basically from Three Cheers until Danger Days. There's there's those. I don't even know how to describe Danger Days, but there's those kind of style, <laughs> those experimental almost ones, and then there's just like the straight up, you know, punk rock ones. Like Make Room is the first one that comes to mind yeah. for for like the Three Cheers era. So, I uh, I do like out. Al- I like to think of albums as stepping stones as to the next place that a band's gonna go, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, you I can't mean, just go from here to here. Like you got to do albums yeah. to get you. So and the big the one and the big band for that, which we should talk about someday, is Linkin Park. Right, mm-hmm. like every I remember everyone talking about, like, oh, they just suddenly went pop, and it's like, no, go back through all their albums, and it's like a slow progression that they add a little bit more in. Yeah. Um, but this this album was kind of cool in the sense that you know we had the Black Parade, and then went to Danger Days. You literally went from black and white to colorful. Yeah. And this album, while like a few years down the line after both of those albums had been released, kind of shows that's that stepping stone in between that time. Um, because the black parade came out in 2006 and, Oh, excuse me. Um, danger days came out in 2010. So that's a four year gap there. There's a lot of room for growth in that time. Yeah. So I just kind of look at it that way. It's a, it's a stepping stone album. So, 
Yeah. And again, not to say that it's a bad album by any means. It just no. it had some, something had to be number four, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, what it, What do you really like about Three Cheers that that would put that one above Conventional Weapons? This one's just it's a high energy album, I guess. So, and okay. this is what, and maybe it's a little bit of nostalgia tied to it. I don't know. Potentially. But like, this is the album that, you know, you're in your early teens, kind of the rebellious phase and whatnot. This is the, this is the album or the type of album that you are throwing on. Um, and especially as a musician myself and songwriter in that, this opened the door to a little bit more, um, storytelling type uh, songs and that sort of thing, which I, mm-hmm. I like to do. I, I like to tell stories in the songs. Um, I mean, that's what you should do with a, with a song. So that's good. Yeah. You got there. <laughs> like not, not to the, like, I mean, there's kind of like idea yeah. songs, but then there's mm-hmm. one that, that literally tell a story. And I think yeah, that also, I see what you mean. yeah. And that kind of branches off even from, uh, you know, like a lot of the, like MCR's influences, right? Like David Bowie was a big one for Gerard Way and, um, you know, you got Ray being a metal guy, so of course he's listening to like Sabbath and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. whatnot. And those are uh, like story songwriters, essentially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I really like that album. Like I said, high energy. Uh, the lyrics are poetic, and I mean, I know songs like are essentially poetry just put to music, but like mm-hmm. this is really diving into that poetic aspect i think yeah and like some hidden meaning and that sort of thing um plus it just it sounds great as well and like these songs all these songs are timeless right and this was really the start of that i think yeah uh for my chemical romance so um you know helena is always a little bit of a tearjerker if you know the backstory to it it's Mm -hmm. gerard mikey's grandmother uh, who passed away, and it's kind of their goodbye to her. Um, Thank you for the venom is definitely that uh, that metal song that's oh, that yeah. Ray's kind of bringing into that for sure. Yeah, um, that's definitely the song they gave to the drummer so that he stayed in the band. I'm, yeah. I'm very familiar with those ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm taking a look just at the singles list here as well, mm-hmm. so that's that's why I'm naming these ones. Um, the Ghost of You. What an amazing music video that was as as well. Um, If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's uh, very, think Saving Private Ryan, Mm -hmm. um, directed by Mark Webb, I believe, who also did, um, I'm trying to think for music videos. I know he did Green Day's 21 Guns, uh, was the director of the Amazing Spider-Man series as well. Mm -hmm. Which I think is hilarious, by the way. very visual director and i mean i know that's kind of the point right but like he focuses a lot on the visuals and the visuals really tell the story in that music mm-hmm. video yeah um but it's just a great song also obviously and uh you know the one that really i think took this band off um outside of the black parade album was i'm not okay i promise this is definitive almost pop punk coming from a I don't even know how you would classify My Chemical Romance even at this time. Po- like, not like not even hardcore, but it's not pop punk. And- I, I think that they have to be their own thing, man. They, yeah. they have to be. <laughs> so, but this was like the song that I, I'd say this is the relatable song on the album, right? Yeah, definitely. So, like, it is it is a song about a girl and that kind of thing, and 
Um, so it, it connected that way, but it's also just a good, it's a good jam. Yeah. And yeah, I, so. I think it defined kind of where pop punk and, and punk rock music went for like the next mm. few years. And even now you could probably tie a lot of bands back to, to this song. Um, yep. just, just like influence wise. So, you know what? You've convinced me, um, that I, I was a, an idiot to try and put conventional <laughs> weapons above this, this album, even just for the fact that like, I'm not okay. I, I promise is on here. Like that's yeah. just, I don't know what I was thinking, man. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah. I, like I, I think any between any any day I, I would switch between these two being three and four. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's got to be this. It, it just has to be at number three. So there you go. so we got three cheer three cheers at three conventional weapons at four, and I brought you my bullets at five. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you you didn't like conventional weapons, and I thought you were going to put that at five, and I was not going to let that happen. So, oh no, I I'm glad that. we agreed. I there. love that album. Okay, it's, it's, it is fun to go back to every now and then. I guess I didn't really dive into some of the songs uh, from that album, I guess, but um, yeah. I really like. It was kind of cool that, like, like you were talking about the way that it was put out as like two songs at a time. It kind of um, goes back to the singles, like when they were on vinyl. You had the yeah. A and the, then the B side. Yeah, and, and and each song or like each kind of two song collection did have its own theme. But when you yeah. play it front to back as a collection, it still works great as an album. Um, and uh, I'd have to say, I don't know. Do you have? A, did you say you have a favorite song off of that? Off of that one? I do really like "Make Room." Um, the. Um, yeah, I, I think if I, I don't think I necessarily could pick a favorite song, but I think number four, um, so Kiss the Ring and Make Room, I think that's, uh, that would be my favorite of, mm-hmm. of the sets. Um, but I think I, I also do really like, uh, really like Gun. That's a fun one. Yeah. I'm out too, so. uh, I think Make Room was actually the first song played live off of this uh, at their return concert. What was that? I think it was December 20th, 2019. And the only yeah. one that they've been able to Whole play year ago. in their return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a shitty time to come back. Hey, <laughs> well, that, that's see. Okay. I'm going to dive into, I'm going to pull out the tinfoil hat here. Oh God. Here we go. COVID-19 happened because the world was not prepared for the return of MCR as much as we thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And from there, we're going to take a quick break so that Nate can calm down and then we'll come back for our number one and two. It's so, true. Oh my God. <laughs> So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack Polly Cupcakes every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and benders there. Yeah, so that's uh, there's some good guys on there. They're very active on, on Twitter as well. So um, 
They're a lot of fun. And Hockey Troll likes to, to give us shit every once in a while on ours for our, some of our, our posts and our hot takes. So yeah. he, he was quite upset about where I uh, where you had where I placed where I put Washington in our division predictions and yeah. really just that division in general, the the East. He was yeah. he was like, What is this guy on? So it's that. Yeah, yeah, he's a fun guy. Uh, they're both Paul, are actually. Yeah, uh, both him really and just, Yeah, uh, you guys had your uh, the fantasy live stream draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polly really dressed up for that, going all out with the kilt, even. Yeah, yeah, he did. Looking sharp. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely the best looking dude there. I, I was not so much. I had a, I had a, a hoodie, hoodie and tie, tie on, on and a hat. <laughs> Um, but also that's why damn it, I always do that. That's why I have the McDavid jersey hanging hanging here. I got to pick first and then I got to pick my boy McDavid. So there you go. Uh, I was very excited about that. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't tell me to pick Dry because that's like as much as I love him, it's how do you I actually had to like I took a look at that and I'm like, I mean the obvious choice is McDavid here, but <laughs> Yeah. Just stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's finish this off here. So we got the Black Parade from 2006 off Reprise Records and Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys from 2010 off the same Reprise Records. So we got to do this one as one and two. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can't just have a tie. Oh. Or do we just call it a tie? I no, don't know. We, no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> we can't call it a tie. We that can't. doesn't work for the graphic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh. Okay, I... Oh man! See again, this could change. If you ask me tomorrow, or if you ask me yesterday, I could have a completely different answer than I do today. Okay, argue, argue the album for number one. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We won't argue from below. Argue as to why it should be number one. Okay. I, I gotta pick. I, I have to pick the Black Parade. It's as good as Danger Days is. It's. I think the Black Parade was, was and it still is like the epitome of. Of my chemical romance like if you just walked past somebody on the street and they're like hey do you know my chemical romance they'd be like oh yeah they did welcome to the black parade or or teenagers i think would yeah. also be up there but i think the black parade would be more common uh i don't think danger days is necessarily the first thought um for for people that really know the band it might be and it might be some people's favorite album but i think as a whole as a society and as a an emo community i think the black parade um is the epitome of My Chemical Romance really defined their sound and the genre for the next, well, 15 years because yeah, I think there's still a lot of influences coming from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I don't think Three Cheers was a concept album, so I'm going to say the Black Parade was their first concept album. No, it uh, was actually. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> I, actually, I, think, I think every single album except for Conventional Weapons has been a concept. Okay. Um, so. Just yeah, some a little bit more. Uh, man, I'm at a loss for trying to find words today. Yeah. Um, some are a little bit more connected and story wise yeah. than others. Yeah, whereas like you I think get three, a better idea of a story than yeah. yeah, like Three Cheers is more of an album with a common theme than a concept album, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Whereas the Black Parade obviously goes through like like almost like plot points. So. Yeah. Um, and my last point with the Black Parade is there is not a single bad song on there. You can't tell me there's a bad song on that album. Like, yeah. honestly, if you you could spread those out between the other five albums, and those would just be the singles uh, on the other albums. I think. Yeah. There's, the only song that for the longest time I would have argued with 
is uh, uh, House of Wolves. I don't know why that song just at the start never really. Mm-hmm. It just kind of felt like a tear below everything else on that album for whatever reason. It, yeah. I, I love the song. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's just one that, okay, like. So if you were to skip to, a song, it would. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, not, again, it's not to say that it's a bad song. It's just not mm-hmm. something that works as well in the grand scheme of things. Um, if you're listening to it, though, like as a front to back, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to leave it in there. And yeah, it, for sure. it works like that. But just as a song on its own, it's not mm. my favorite. As a drummer, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. Like I, if I was doing a top five of this album, I think I would put it in the top five. Just as a, just as a drummer for the drum song. So, yeah. yeah, just because that one's a lot of fun. Um, that's fair. But the uh, but it's definitely the low point of the album. Like you have, because I think that's track seven. So you have like the the yeah. six that lead up to that, and then it kind of takes a dip. Eight is cancer, and then nine is mama, right? Yeah, so that's where Something it like like a, really so, starts to pick up again right away. So yeah, so it House of Wolves definitely is bringing it down towards cancer, which is definitely like the the low point of the album. And story wise, it's the low point. Great song, but yeah. plot wise, it's the low point. Um, and then Mama brings it back up for the for the end. So it's it's definitely more of a transition song. I see your point there, but yeah, yeah. I kind of think for concept albums and that sort of thing. So this uh, like Green Day's American Idiot or that sort of thing. Um, I do. Tr- I kind of think of them as stage performances as musicals, and I know it's a lot easier mm-hmm. for American Idiot because it was made into a Broadway musical. Yeah. Um, but I did. I remember. I think is in. Grade eleven or twelve, um, yeah. With yeah, I think it was like grade eleven with that kind of height, or was it ten? Of like the American Idiot musical, though, I did try to actually construct a story that would be similar, um, like to making. Okay, it is trying to make a story to make the Black Parade into a stage musical, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like in the same vein as American Idiot. Gotcha. There you go. I finally got that there. <laughs> so it's kind of trying to find as well. Like you have to, like you have intermissions and in that in any stage performance that you go to for the most part. Um, and so it's you kind of try to find the songs of okay, where where are you taking that that intermission? And it would either be, I think, I think it would be just after that song or just before it. Um, so it would be yeah either after House of Wolves or before it after uh, I Don't Love You. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where what, I. What another great song! Anything. That's got to be one of the most underrated songs. Which one? I don't, love you? I don't love you. Yeah. Well, oh, I love I love that song. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. I, I always forget about it, and as soon as I hear it, I'm, dude, this is just fucking it's awesome. A, just a, a great, banger. Yeah, it's a great song on its own, but in the context of a full album coming right after the grandiose of welcome to the black parade yeah it just in kind of the crazy concept that this album is which if you don't know what it is it's basically just driving off of the idea that uh gerard way has that when you die uh death comes to you in the form of your best childhood memory so for uh this character in uh, the concept, the patient, uh, his best childhood memory was his dad taking him to see a band. So that's, so that's what that song is of 
uh, and it's and it's very clear, I think, when you watch the music video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that song is the patient dying, and the rest of the album is his journey in the afterlife and kind of coming to terms with the fact that he died in his like mid twenties. So yeah, heavy heavy concept, very heavy concept. <laughs> yeah. well, when you, I was listening to this as a, when I, yeah, when I was listening to this as like a when did this album come out? We would have been nine. Yeah. So, so we were, yeah. yeah, we were like nine years old, something like that. Yeah, when I was like, I remember listening to it when I was like nine or ten, and I was like, man, these are just like good songs. You can it's dance to them; it's so happy. And then as a teenager, once I started getting moody and, and stuff, and like actually listening to the lyrics, I was like, oh, this is this is dark. <laughs> yeah, and me being the guy who like, if I get into something, I get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I just spewed off all that information. Like, I'm reading about a bunch of things about this and whatnot, and I'm just like, holy crap, this is kind of dark, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but have, it, I, have I already convinced you that the Black Parade is number one, or are you still going to argue Danger Days? I, I want to make an argument for Danger Days anyway, and then we okay. can decide. Okay, sounds good. Um, but uh, I don't know the black the Black Parade though does definitely have a little bit of the the edge right now, just because I did really connect to this album on a bit of a personal note, um, as as. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom passed away when I was in, what was that grade ten or something like that? Um, so right around the time that you know, moody teenager would be listening to something like this. Also, so this album did really connect to me, and this was kind of my way of dealing with it. Essentially, was mm-hmm. kind of thinking about it the same way. So thinking, okay, like she just she went in the form of her childhood memory and that sort of thing so it made it a little bit easier like that so like when they talk about oh like this band helped me or saved my life it actually can happen yeah Mm -hmm. but uh yeah okay let's go on to danger days sorry to bring it down for just a second i just wanted to just put just put that out there as to like why this was kind of taking an edge for me Mm -hmm. uh danger days though a absolute great album as well Uh, a great follow-up i would say to the black parade um, you know, they always say a sequel is hard to do, but at this point, this is sequel number four and <laughs> it just kept getting better. I think, um, another concept album of a, uh, you know, I think this album is actually set in like 2019 or 2020. Oh, uh, good. so we're actually <laughs> past the time. That we're it we're living through set. danger days. Awesome. We're living through danger <laughs> days, but, uh, just kind of a different way of it essentially. Cause in this, uh, kind of concept. It's corporations have taken complete control, which I maybe this isn't actually that far off. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, corporations have taken complete control over governing the world essentially. And uh, everything's very uniform, that sort of thing. Um, and so the group that My Chemical Romance kind of plays, I guess, in the music videos are kind of these colorful, uh, re- this colorful rebellious group. Uh, the fabulous Killjoys, and uh, the whole the concept album aspect is really put into uh, play. I think in this one with the radio broadcasts that you have throughout from uh, uh, Doctor Deathifying, mm-hmm. and it kind of sets up where you're going, and you know you hear that oh this character's died and that sort of thing, and uh, and everything like that. On top of you take this concept and. Uh, Gerard Way and I think it was the people from Dark Horse Comics built off of this story actually with the little girl from all the promo and that sort of thing and made this like made a story essentially a saga 
about this time and taking down this corporation and this dystopia. So, mm-hmm. um, some great songs off of this album. You got na na na, na 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 na. For the full title, uh, the only hope for me is you. Uh, I think the biggest one off of this album is Sing, 100%, uh, Planetary, yeah. uh, Go, uh, Bulletproof Heart, and The Kids from Yesterday, which that one is always a fun song. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fun one that hits home, I think. Na 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 is just, you know, it's it's really bringing out, I think, that colorfulness that this band can have, uh, especially yeah. coming off of, like I said, a black and white album. Of yeah, my, it's of, definitely uh, saying this is a... It, it's a different era of My Chemical Romance. Yeah, and with that being the first song that's that's put out, it definitely like differentiated them from the Black Parade. So yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, t- I talked about Sing really quickly there too. This album, I think, is as much as the Black Parade and Three Cheers, you know, brought them into the mainstream in ways. Um, and I, you could almost call it culture. Uh, mm-hmm. This one really brought them into the mainstream. And that's not to say yeah. that mainstream success means that it's the best album. But just the way that this album has a little bit of everything, I think, um, in terms of you know style and approach and everything like that, uh, both sound-wise, lyrically, everything. Yeah. Uh, Sing was even covered on Glee, which at the time, that's like one of the highest honors you can get, I think. <laughs> at the um, time, I'd say yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, even that rendition, I'm not a Glee person by any means, but that's it was a great rendition and like didn't take away from the song mm-hmm. by any means. Um, but yeah, this is just an album that really, I think, broke through something else that Michael McCormick had never really tried to do and that was not be dark, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, okay, very very good points there. I uh, it's hard to disagree with those. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now I, th- I think now we have a decision to make between the Black Parade and Danger Days. We can't leave here until we do it. Um, What's that's, your an- pick? that's another clip we gotta. <laughs> that's another clip we gotta take for our promo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not leaving until we do it. <laughs> So what, uh, I don't know, what's your pick? I got to stick with the Black Parade. I, uh, as much as you almost swayed me with Danger Days um, and the whole like mainstream success being something different than the Black Parade, better sequel or, or another or a good sequel, uh, I just got to stick with the Black Parade. That's fair. And I think you, we did talk about the Black Parade, I think a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I think I do have to change my opinion just that little bit there. Black Parade at number one. I got to agree. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, it, I was stuck between those two from the start anyway. Yeah. And we were talking about this last night as well. And I was like, crap, how am I going to pick one of these? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, the fact that I think we had a little bit more discussion about it and were able to, I guess that, uh, yeah. that really hit. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I, but I think like you said earlier in the show, it's, it's, kind of a one point difference like to yeah. compare it to NHL divisions it's like they're they're this close they're all I, I, I can't even so. there okay my fingers are touching <laughs> that's how close they are <laughs> it's literally just the atoms separating your fingers that is the difference <laughs> exactly exactly 
Yeah, that's a that's our thought. Uh, we're definitely going to post this because uh, apparently our, our ranking predictions get people pretty heated. So uh, I think we definitely <laughs> need to be a post good this one for the see. music community. So we'll have to tag the uh, the guys over at Bar Down Breakdown and see what they think as well. Yes, yeah, definitely. So, so um, really quickly to wrap up the podcast, we are going to do a, a very short "What's Quacking" that's uh, kind of a week old though. <laughs> Got to play the sound effect. There you go. <laughs> All right, I'll let you take the reins on this, Nate. All right, so this is something that uh, I was reminded of last week, but we ran out of time, uh, so I carried it over to this week. Especially getting into the hockey season anyway, you know, it, it still works. Uh, so this was an interview that kind of resurfaced again from 2018 with the Swiss junior coach, uh, Christian Woolwind. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and this was when they were about to play Canada. I think this was just in preliminary round uh but just the honesty of this coach is i think what got everybody laughing and just the bluntness of it so uh you you may recognize it after a couple uh sentences here but uh yeah just to listen Canada in the quarterfinals, what sort of game are you expecting there? Like uh, a, a Canada team who uh, dominates us again, and we try to uh, hold against. What did you learn about them in the pre-tournament game you played? Learn uh, that we are far away from them still. They're uh, faster, they're bigger, they're stronger, they can shoot better, they can pass better, they can do everything better. So is this what you'll tell your team? Like, what do you say to your team? Exactly that. <laughs> and and we and uh, to, uh, try to fight against. What we, what do I want to say? As, you know, they have like, uh, I don't know, how many uh, other first rounders they have? How many? Seven. Huh? Seven. And the rest in the second round? Yeah. Huh? And one in the fourth round who play like uh, the most NHL game so far? Yeah. So what do I want to tell against? It, it just, we just battle, battle, and try to battle. We have one in the fourth round, too. One. And the rest is not drafted. Is it good, though, that you can kind of be the underdog and no pressure? Well, the pressure, it, I, I don't know that word, pressure. We don't have pressure at all. <laughs> That's one of the greatest interviews of all time. <laughs> so good. Like, I love when he looks that, at the, the, the reporter. He's oh, like, we have one fourth rounder. One. One. <laughs> 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 it's so good like i i just love that the one person asked the question though is this what you're gonna tell your team oh exactly that <laughs> yeah <laughs> classic interview and i mean like it's it's good instead of going in there and being like okay we're gonna win hyping them up and it's like we just gotta battle hard and then they get blown out like 16 yeah. nothing and they're like wow we suck if you tell them it's like i don't expect you to win this just go out there have fun learn some stuff we'll, yeah we'll beat like yeah, we'll beat Austria or Kazakhstan or Germany. We'll we'll have a good game against them and see what happens. But yeah. we're not going to be- beat Canada or the U.S. or whoever. Yeah, the best way to take a look at that, if you were the Swiss team at the time, is that you're going to play somebody as good as Canada or even from that year, Russia, the States, Sweden. Right? It's you get a chance to still play against those top dogs. So mm-hmm. take take the experience and learn from it. So yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he was, <laughs> Christian was back the year after as well, behind the bench again for the Swiss team. Good, good. Uh, maybe not as many of the the funny uh, things, but there definitely was a few. So uh, this clip comes from just before they're about to play, I think it's the day before they play Russia for the bronze medal, actually, in the 2019 tournament. So uh, just take a, take a listen to this clip here when uh, they were asked about how to prepare. 
How do you regroup and get ready for, for tomorrow? Because Switzerland hasn't won only one medal, so I imagine it's still a big moment for your team. I hope the players see it the same way, and it's a, it's a fact, absolutely. Regroup, uh, go home, uh, eat, eat uh, as, as quick as possible, go sleep, and, and then uh, realize uh, what we achieved uh, the last couple of days. Uh, we're playing now in the bronze medal game and uh, and I hope uh, all, all our players are uh, eager and horny enough to, to, to win this game. <laughs> eager and horny enough. <laughs> I want that. that one for my pregame speeches. Let's get horny, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like a normal hockey interview. Like if you were just casually listening to this, like, you know, you're making food in the kitchen, like after the game, yeah, just kind of listen to the interviews. <laughs> yeah. And the Swiss coach is talking about being horny for next game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we're, we're horny to play the Russians. <laughs> yeah. that, that was a terrible Swiss accent, but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, that's the type of guy, like, I appreciate when a coach is just honest with you. I like that. Don't try to beat around the boat. Just be honest with me. Be honest yeah. with your team. I, I think but there's like, some NHL coaches that need to take a, a page out of this guy's book and just, yeah. just have fun with it. <laughs> See, like there's there's aggressive honest like John Tortorella. Yeah. And then there's just blunt honesty that comes across as comedy with uh, Christian yeah. Volwin there. So. It's hilarious. That's that's my yeah. brand of, of humor right there. It's just yeah. like blunt <laughs> just honesty. Blunt, yeah, blunt honesty. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, and uh, uh, just, just to recap as well, though the Swiss did lose that game, unfortunately, to Russia uh, for the bronze medal, five to two. <laughs> weren't horny enough. weren't horny enough. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get more horny next time. See, three more bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, he's going down to the trainer. Hey, hey, just like smacking at his crotch. Yeah, let's go, boys. Why is it not there? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Taps for everybody. Let's go. <laughs> He's doing cup checks on everybody. He's get, he gets the backup goalie stick. Come on, hey, 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 yeah. hey! Are you good? Are you, are you hardy? Let's go. <laughs> All right. I think once again, this is a good place to leave the podcast. <laughs> so, where can they find you, Nate? You can find me on Twitter at Tate Namas. That's T A T E N H O M A S. And uh, currently, it is premiering as we speak. But uh, be sure to go check me out as well on the Aesthetics YouTube channel. The first episode of the Talkback is, like I said, premiering right now, but that will be available, uh, obviously, because it's YouTube. So be sure to go check me out on there and uh, listen to some Jersey opinions. Oh, I will check you out for sure. We talk about the reverse retros and a couple of the new alternates from uh, this offseason. Nice. That's a, Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Maybe not live, because I still have to edit this and send it off to yeah. the boss <laughs> men, but it'll be up as a replay, I'm assuming. Yeah, it will be. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and then you can uh, f- follow myself at Carter underscore P-O-T-T-S, POTS underscore 97 uh, on Twitter. And then you can follow the show at Quack Report Pod. And as well, you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, when we come back on Wednesday, and I guess when the episode drops Thursday, we will have Duck Hockey to talk about. Woo! We'll see you next time. Let's go!